Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello, and welcome to this EM360 podcast. I'm Scott Taylor, the Data Whisperer, and I'm delighted to be your host for this podcast series. I'm principal consultant at MetaMeta Consulting. We help organizations tell their data story by reinforcing the strategic value of proper data management. In today's podcast, I'll be speaking with Chris Darville, RVP Solutions Engineering at Cloudera. And we will be discussing one of the biggest challenges with operationalizing data for the use by the business. And that is breaking down barriers to production, creating trust in analysis and prediction, and eliminating silos from technical teams to business units. There is one solution that might be able to solve these problems, and that is data visualization. Hello, Chris. How are you doing today? Hey, Scott. I'm, uh, I'm good, thank you, uh, and lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, wonderful to, wonderful to have you as well. So, you know, when we get right down to it, how, how can we bring data to life with data visualization tools? Yeah, so I'll probably start that question, Scott, by just talking a little bit about what is, you know, data visualization. Obviously, there's, there's lots of definitions uh, out there, but really what we're using data visualization for is to understand that this is what the data says to us and this is what the data is showing us. And... I find the easiest way to think about it is uh, if you think about a spreadsheet of uh, numbers and you think about a very large spreadsheet of numbers, I'm sure we've all been there staring at the numbers, trying to understand what it is that the spreadsheet is telling us. And really data visualization is a way of bringing that, uh, that data to life so that you can look for trends uh, and anomalies uh, amongst the data. And I think what's really crucial is it's something that everybody can understand. We all generally work in really visual ways. We, we understand the use of colors and, uh, and color coding that helps attract us to, uh, to patterns in things. So it's something that everybody can understand, not only those uh, you know, data experts, which we have in the business, or those with, with specialist skills, you know, specialist programming skills and the like. So uh, you know, it helps people with the questions of how do we know what we have or what the results are and especially it's useful for business decision makers because you know they're challenged today because they want to know the answers without being an expert. And that's where something like data visualization can help, I think. So it really is this common language or a way to communicate what is in the data to non-data experts on the business side. Is that how you would kind of position it? Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's correct. That's how I see it. So who really owns this? When you look at it, what type of title, where does this kind of expertise and, and functionality live in an organization? Yeah, so, so I would say that um, it's, a, it's a good question because, you know, it, it can fall in a gap between, you know, your traditional IT uh, technical organization uh, and the business. So really, therefore, it's, a, it's probably a, a combination of both types of roles. Uh, you know, you've got your data and business analysts or your, your data engineers and data scientists, if you're looking at, at the area of data science, who are responsible for preparing and managing the data across the data lifecycle. You know, data scientists, of course, will be creating models to better understand data and make predictions. And then you have the business teams and decision makers who need to take that work and perform their own, you know, ad hoc visual exploration and analysis so that they can actually understand, you know, what's in that data that's been prepared for them. So really, it's a combination of those kind of two teams that you need to include in this from a, an organizational perspective. 
you know, I will make one additional comment, though, and that's that, you know, we've seen the rise of a, a, of a role that's sometimes called the citizen uh, data scientist. Uh, and citizen data scientists in organizations, you know, quite often bridge the gap between uh, those business users and the advanced analytical techniques that data scientists uh, use. So that they're able to perform sophisticated analysis that would have previously required, you know, much more expertise. Uh, enabling them to deliver advanced analytics without having the full set of skills that data scientists have. So they really, you know, that's where you can really start to, to democratize the data, uh, you know, and put it in hands with people who maybe don't have the ultimate, you know, full set of, of technical skills, but using data visualization capabilities, they can for, perform much of the same type of uh, analysis. You know, how important it is, is it to have kind of a consistent approach to this? I mean, at its essence, Part of what you're talking about are charts and graphs, right? Ways to visualize and understand the data without diving into it. Is it important to have a common look, a common feel, some sort of standardization? I'm struggling to find the right word, but I'd love your perspective on that. Yeah, so so I think you know the great thing about visualization is that it, is that there is no there's no one size fits all, right? So there is there is no one type of uh, visualization or you know graph or technique that will be uh, be suitable for everything. So uh, and maybe that's something we can pick up on in a, in a minute. But really, I think what you do need is some kind of you know you need you know where we've talked about those two types of teams. You do need some kind of common language, you know, that those teams can operate in. You know, most businesses are experiencing, you know, massive information overload. We know that we're, we're gathering more data than we ever have. You know, you need to be able to make uh, intelligent data-driven decisions um, in order to, you know, drive competitive advantage or if you're a government organization, probably improving the uh, service to citizens. You know, the idea of a, of a common language between those teams is, is, it, is it allows the data teams to, you know, to manage all of that data, to to process it and prepare the data for those insights. But you can never really do that if you don't have a good understanding of uh, the business context. So, you, you know, you need, you need, you know, your data teams to have some understanding uh, of the business, you know, and, and the business decision maker who may use the tools is not going to have a full technical understanding of what underpins them. But that should, that doesn't need to be a barrier for them to uh, undertake their own you know, ad hoc visual exploration and, uh, and analysis. So, so you need to develop that common language. The technical teams need, need, need some understanding of the business. You know, the, uh, the business, you know, uh, needs, you know, some understanding of, of what the capability can do and how it works. And they need to kind of meet in the middle and, and agree what that kind of common language is, is going to be. Common language, always important, seems to help in almost every situation. <laughs> so this really brings to mind probably one of the hottest non-technical topics going on in the space today, data storytelling. So how does data storytelling connect to data visualization? Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting topic because I think data visualization is, is very closely related to, to storytelling. And, and I think probably um, an, in, an intrinsic part of, uh, of data storytelling insofar as once you've once you've understood the context of the, you know, the data you've got, you've effectively visualized it, then you can, you can focus attention on, on what it's telling you and, and, and tell the story uh, of the data. So I believe it's a, you know, it's a, you, you can't, you're going to struggle with data storytelling without data visualization, I think. Uh, and ultimately, 
and ultimately you should be trying to tell a story right you you, you uh, the data and the visuals need to work together it's not uh, just a case that you're just going to continually analyze data for the for the sake of it you're trying to uncover something that you can use uh, to tell a story and you know i think i've mentioned once already you know we we typically work in visual ways so communicating something from a from a visual perspective is generally so much more powerful than than me telling someone here's a you know here's a cell in a table that i you know want you to pay attention to you're not necessarily going to see um uh you know see what what the data is actually trying to te tell you and um you know, in the world that we live in at the moment, you know, there's a lot of data visualization out there. It seems like every time there's a press conference, uh, there's some there's some data visualization that they're using to highlight the story. So, so even in the real world today, you can see the uh, the, the value of it. And um, there's a there's an art really to combining great analysis with being able to to undertake great storytelling. And you know, we all know that stories are a way that we hand down learnings, you know, through generations as well. And, and you know, it's an intrinsic part of of who we are. So, uh, you know, why should data be any different, really? I'd agree with you about a billion percent on that one, for sure. You got to tell that story and putting these facts and figures and charts and graphs in front of in front of a business leader and expecting them to figure out what you're trying to tell them is an absolute recipe for a disastrous meeting. You've got to be able to give them the clues, the plot, the characters, to use the story analogy, to guide them through the analysis that you're presenting with the objective being to drive some sort of business action, which is the point of every successful business interaction. How do you take action on, on the numbers and the data we're, we're providing to you? So, you know, with that in mind, how, how have you seen this work in front of business leaders? Yeah, so I think the great thing about data visualization and, and uh, is it's applicable in any is it applicable in any industry? It's applicable, you know, in any department uh, in, in in any industry. So you know, it's it can be incredibly powerful. It's not just for big enterprise organizations. You know, for any organization that's uh, that's collecting data. So uh, just a just a couple of examples that I've come across uh, recently. You know, from customers that I'm working with. So an example of a, a well-known bank using data visualization. So their, their data scientists can create visual applications that they can put in front of decision makers, as you say, to help them understand uh, the analytics and trends on their payments business across all the different types of related dimensions. Uh, you, know, what, you know, what kind of trends are we seeing? You know, are they changing? You know, what, what are we predicting for the future? So they're using visualization to help their decision makers you know, understand what's happening in terms of payments and we all know that's an area that's changing uh, very very rapidly another example is uh, a manufacturing company who uh, produce in very large uh, factories so they wanted greater real-time insights into how their manufacturing plants were operating obviously data visualization you know provides an opportunity for uh, those non-technical people to understand uh, you know, how a plant is operating and whether there are any uh, issues being predicted. So another example of data visualization there. And I'll just make a nod to say that inside Cloudera, we use data visualization ourselves as well to help uh, better understand our, our customers across all different aspects. You know, what, uh, what product capabilities are they using? What's their customer experience like? Um, so we, uh, we, we use it ourselves to provide 
you know, hopefully a better customer experience as well. And, and, you know, we could go on and on with, you know, many other different types of examples of people driving, you know, business value from the use of visualization. It's always good to hear when someone's using their own tools. What do they call that? Drinking your own champagne. I like that one better than eating your own dog food. I don't know if you've heard that, but that never made sense to me. I don't need any dog food. But using your own tools to really support your own business premise, I think, adds a lot of credibility as well when you try and share that with with customers and prospects, too. So you've got a bank, you've got manufacturing. That manufacturing story, is that as simple as having a dashboard with indicators about whether things are going right or wrong? Am I oversimplifying it here? But I'd love to dig maybe a little deeper into that. Yeah, so it's uh, it's it's that that's definitely part of it. Um, you know, kind of at the heart of it is obviously you know you know another trend uh, around data is uh, you know real time data being streamed from uh, all the many different devices we have. In this case, all of the different devices you know that sit within a manufacturing operation inside a plant. So uh, you know all of the different machinery you know, using this to, uh, to understand, as you said, you know, some of the simplistic measures like, you know, how is my uh, operation performing against where it should be performing, but also, you know, using that information to uh, predict when machinery might need to be, um, you know, uh, uh, have some uh, servicing taken out on it in order that it doesn't break. So predictive maintenance, you can visualize information like, you know, around that. So, you know, correlating different variables across the uh, manufacturing line, looking for data quality issues that might occur in the manufacturing line. So yes, at the, uh, at the high level, it's how are things operating, but then you can kind of dive deeper and deeper um, looking for, for issues and looking for predictions and, you know, all of that coming off kind of real time data and visualization equally as good at, at looking at what happens in uh, in real-time data as it is looking back historically at data for trends. So it's clear visualization is important for bringing your attention to things happening between machines and about machines, as you mentioned. So talk to me about the human element of all this and the important role that people play. Yes, I think, you know, you've already mentioned one important aspect of it already, which, you know, we just discussed, you know, storytelling. And, uh, you know, as you said, just sticking a, you know, a bunch of data and, uh, and charts in front of someone isn't necessarily going to tell them uh, something unless, you know, there's, there's someone there to help interpret it for them, you know, and draw attention to certain uh, things. So, you know, it's increasingly valuable, I think, for you know, professionals to be able to use data to make decisions and use use visuals to tell stories of when the data informs the the who, what, when, where, and how. And you know, traditional kind of education, you would say, uh, kind of has a distinct line between you're you're either a technical professional or you're a kind of creative storyteller. Well, we're really evolving, I think, um, to the fact that you know, if you want to succeed in the data visualization world you know and be a real uh, master of your craft you need to have a little bit of both and you need to be able to to straddle both both of those uh, two areas obviously data visualization sitting right in the middle of analysis and kind of visual storytelling so uh, i think people are uh, you know definitely the uh, the the key element we're, we're not there yet where a machine just uh, can tell us everything that we need to know without us interpreting it for ourselves that's for sure. I'm a big fan of the soft skills, too. You got to focus on that soft skill capability of, as we've talked about, telling stories, 
dealing with the emotional side, capturing kind of the hearts and minds and imaginations of the listener to have them really understand rather quickly the points you're trying to make that may have taken you days, weeks, who knows how much effort to, to summarize. And so it's very important to have that visual impact precise and to the point and targeted at the action you want people to take. I couldn't agree more. When we get into kind of the execution of this, so talk to us about the important aspects data leaders need to think about when they start to implement data visualization tools. Yeah, so I, I think I think at a high level, obviously, you need to make sure that you've got the systems and processes you know, an environment that, you know, can support the, you know, the demand and empower all of those people in the organization who want to make the most of uh, data uh, and perform analytics. So, of course, you've got to have a, you know, some sort of capability to offer data visualization to users in a way that's scalable uh, and easy to consume, you know, or, you know, kind of on demand as, as required. That's the, that's the modern world, really, that we all uh, live in. And, you know, we could talk about, I guess, about the technical aspects of what, uh, you know, what you need there. But I, I think there's one uh, or a couple of key items that, you know, people often uh, neglect. So, you know, the first one is, um, you know, when everyone in the organization is, is, you know, is equipped and encouraged to explore and understand and communicate with data, you'll see, you know, great impact from better decision making and obviously some, some tangible, you know, business benefits, which is really all about what you're trying to drive. But you do need some foundational data skills, you know, in order to get people engaged in using data and analytics properly. You know, you can't you can't just say, here's some data, you know, here's a tool, you know, get on with it and, uh, and, and perform some magic. So you've got to remember, you've got to do some enablement of, of the people. And we talked a little bit about that when we talked about the kind of common language. So so it's not just about implementing some kind of platform. You know, you need to you need to enable the people as well. And um now, I'll make a, another mention for something which I know uh, can often be a, a boring topic, but that's thinking about governance around data management. So, you know, with the huge uh, you know, increase in the amount and types of data, you know, we're, we're gathering in companies and, and democratization of data, you know, it's more important than ever to ensure still it's, it's secure, it's governed, you're only providing access to, you know, the right data to the right people, you know that it's uh, that it's auditable. That you know where the data came from, so that will help you make your uh, make your decision. So, you know, so other than the the technical aspects, I think there are a couple of interesting things to think for people to think about when thinking about you know how how can we you know deploy some of this capability. Sounds like the classic garbage in, garbage out, rubbish in, rubbish out has reared its head again. Where isn't it in the data space? That's for sure. And just so you know, I don't think data governance is boring. That's my space. I love it. So you've got to build that foundation. You've got a beautiful graph and a beautiful chart, and a beautiful visualization, but the data behind that isn't truthful, then it's just a pretty picture that means nothing. That's for sure. Sounds like you're touching a little bit on this area of data literacy as well when you suggest that people just have to have a deeper understanding of the data going into it. Did you want to elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's probably, you know, links back into the topic we discussed earlier on, which is, you know, that, that uh, you know, the people preparing, you know, and engineering the data need to have some understanding of the business and, uh, you know, and then the you know that they can't they can't prepare the environment for you know business decision making without having some understanding of the business and that really you know, is probably what 
what makes the best you know uh, you know data engineers data scientists and, and you know data management professionals they understand some of the language of the business they need to be literate in uh, in understanding uh, the business and to a certain degree those uh, those people using the capabilities need to be somewhat literate you know they'll they'll, they'll be experts in their in their business domain they need to be literate a little bit in what they're using to uh, to do their analysis and look for their trends so you you need some of that that common understanding across both uh, across both elements you know working together jointly and that's where quite often when you look when you look at these types of uh, you know organizations you know companies are quite often creating teams of people that that include both those sets of people within them that wouldn't you know traditionally necessarily work together you know in a in a common team so uh, you know, that's that builds out some of those uh, uh, data literacy aspects as well, I think. I think you've touched upon kind of the other side of the data literacy coin, which is this notion of business literacy. I That might be a thing. We might have created something here. I think, uh, Chris, the idea of really formally understanding the language of a business before you attempt to try and engage with it is as probably as important as understanding the data you've got to to drive that action so if you want to speak to the business you got to speak in the language of the business there's no two ways about it that's for sure yeah so in, you know kind of wrapping up here so when you when you think about an enterprise as a whole what areas of business do you see data visualization having the most impact and why is this important yeah so i think um you know there are many different use cases because really, it's all—it's always about talking, taking business decisions based on the insight you get. So you know, it's it's applicable, you know, in any, uh, you know, kind of any business area. But I'll probably, you know, want to highlight a couple of areas which I think something that you know that that, that I think about and is obviously the world that I kind of uh, you know inhabit and work in. So you know, firstly, of course, you know, people are going to be looking to build insights against traditional data sources, databases, data warehouses you know, spreadsheets, you know, all of those kind of things. And and really in that domain, you want, you know, you're trying to bring your business decision maker to, uh, to do their analysis when they don't have understanding of that, that, you know, true deep understanding of that, of that world, or for example, you know, aren't an expert with X, SQL, which would, you know, you'd kind of data engineer or, or, you know, or data scientist or, you know, data management professional would be very familiar with. I think an area I really want to highlight that I think it's important to think about how visualization can have a positive impact on, and that's really you know, bridging the gap between the data science and machine learning community and organizations and, and kind of the business owners. I think the world of data science has always been this kind of hidden world for a business executive. You know, they all know we should be doing data science and, you know, and AI and machine learning or whatever you want to call it, but it, but it's not a world they understand with its, you know, algorithms and its strange languages and its combination of maths and programming. I think data analysts and data scientists especially really need to be able to communicate what they have found, you know, in the, in the data when they're doing their, you know, analysis. And I think, you know, it's that insight which gives the results, you know, of all of their work, you know, a, a tangible output. And I think data visualization can really help them communicate that world which you know which for a lot of business stakeholders is is still a little bit of a black box that they're a little bit wary of and they really don't understand fully feels like if you've got data you need data visualization it's as simple as that so chris uh, it's been great talking to you. i got one more bonus question for you as a data visualization expert 
what's your favorite type of chart when it's not a chart? Pie, <laughs> donut, or bar? Um, so uh, it's a great question. So uh, the first thing I will say is that if you ask anyone I work with, then they'll all tell you that I hate pie charts. So uh, it, it, I, uh, you won't find me using them. Uh, I know every uh, every chart has its use, but I generally really can't ever think of a use for a pie chart. So I'm sorry if anyone out there is listening to this podcast and they love pie charts. I'm not trying to offend you. It's just my view. You know, when when people think of data visualization, their first thought is probably, you know, bar, you know, bar graphs, line charts, pie charts. You probably see them most commonly in, in most uh, in most visualizations. But I think what's really important to understand is that You've got to you've got to pair the right visualization with the right set of information. So it, it could be that you can communicate something very effectively with a very simple visualization, and it might be that if you pick the most complex and beautiful visualization, it doesn't actually tell you anything. So it's about it's about picking the right visualization, presenting the data in the most uh, you know effective and interesting ways. There's whole books written, blog posts, and all sorts of things written on what's the best and most appropriate visualization. So you know you can experiment, of course, and uh, and a lot of data visualization tools these days will will suggest for you some you know some some areas to start with, which is is very useful if you're if you're if you're starting out. Yeah. After all that, in order to answer the question, uh, I'd probably say uh, you know if I had to pick one of the three, it would be a, a bar chart. But but uh, I, I I'd say my favorite is probably uh, a scatter plot uh, because um, kind of. You know, I'm always generally looking for correlation between you know variables, and I and I find something like a, a scatter plot obviously is is something that's very uh, useful for helping to do that. Uh, it's a good uh, it's a good uh, uh, predictor of whether one variable is is having an impact on something else, or if they tend to change uh, independently. So that that would be my answer to that one. But uh, good question. Fair enough. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for your thoughts today. This was great fun. Join us again for the next episode. And until then, this is Scott Taylor, the Data Whisperer, and for the folks at EM360 and Cloudera, thanks again for listening.